0: Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. Today I'm going to look at the fourth of Jesus's non-dual Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. This may be the most important of the eight Beatitudes, at least it has been in my life. It is the one consistent characteristic in my search for truth, and it eventually resulted in that shift that is often called spiritual awakening. Since the time I was a teenager, I've had a hunger for truth. I needed to know what the ultimate truth of the universe is. It's what led me to become a religion major in college long before I considered myself a Christian. I entered college planned to be a scientist. I loved geology. I think it was because of all the time I spent hiking in the White Mountains of New Hampshire as a child and as a teenager. The power that is able to transform the landscape and push up and erode mountains and move continents fascinated me, and I wanted to study it. I took a geology class in high school, and I was hooked. I entered college intent on becoming a geologist, and so I immediately declared myself as a geology major. But I also started taking religion courses to feed the spiritual hunger in me. In a couple of years, my spiritual hunger overcame my scientific interest. I still vividly remember the reaction of my academic advisor, who was also the head of the geology department. When I told him I was switching majors from geology to religion, he asked why. And I responded that I wanted something practical. That's the word I used. He was dumbstruck. He could not figure out how religion was more practical than geology. But for me, it was obvious. Religion held at least the possibility of knowing the, the meaning of the universe, what could be more practical or more important than that. I hungered and thirsted for the truth behind the universe in time that hunger and thirst blossomed into spiritual awakening, or as Jesus called it, eternal life. That's the meaning behind the beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. I am satisfied. No more spiritual searching. No more wondering. To know what Jesus meant by this beatitude, we have to understand the term righteousness. Now, this is where a lot of Christians go astray. The term righteousness has been colored by a legalistic interpretation of the term. This is due to the influence, at least at first, of the Apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee. And in spite of his conversion, the Apostle Paul remained a Pharisee at heart. He could never jettison his Legalistic worldview that saw a relationship with God in terms of the law. He saw Christians as condemned sinners standing before the judge of the universe, sinners in the hands of the angry of an angry God, as Jonathan Edwards said. Paul set out to solve this problem using the death of Jesus on the cross as the transactional solution to this cosmic legal problem. He saw Jesus' death as a propitiation, an atoning sacrifice that satisfied the law. Christianity has been following this pattern ever since. That's the problem with Christianity. It listens to Paul more than it listens to Jesus. Christians read the Pharisaic interpretation of righteousness into Jesus' beatitude. But Jesus did not see righteousness in that way. He never suggested that his death had such a meaning. Jesus was not a Pharisee or a Torah lawyer or a scribe. In fact, the Pharisees were his greatest critics. Jesus was much more like a wisdom teacher or a prophet of the Old Testament. That's why it is ironic that the religion that bears his name is so pharisaical. To properly understand the intimidating word righteousness, all we have to do is take the long ending off the word and see that at root, it simply means right. Righteousness is rightness. It's when everything is seen as right. Everything is right with the world and with the universe. There's no accident that the Buddha's Noble Eightfold Path also used the word right repeatedly. Right view, right resolve, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. Both Jesus and Buddha talk about rightness. People intuitively sense that things are not right. That is what the Buddha meant when he said that life is dukkha. The word means out of kilter. It means off balance, not right. This is the source, I think, of the existential angst of the West. The Bible calls this condition, sin, not individual sins, plural, but the state of sin, sinness, in other words, wrongness. People said something is wrong and they seek right, rightness. And religions have historically concocted all sorts of systems to set things right. But the simple truth is that rightness is here now. If we simply reach out our hand, in Jesus' words, the kingdom of God is at hand. When Jesus uses the word righteousness, he's talking about this rightness. Rightness is when there's no distinction between what is and what we want it to be. The two are one, this acceptance of reality, the way it is, is how I understand faith. It is the surrender that Jesus voiced in Gethsemane when he said, not my will, but thine be done. Suffering comes from expecting things to be different than they are. So this beatitude is paradoxical. People hunger and thirst for spirituality that is actually already present. People just don't realize it. So in talking about this today, I'm actually selling water by the river, as the Zen saying puts it. People hunger and thirst for something that they don't think they they have, but they actually do. Only when we exhaust all possibilities and come up empty do we give up the search and discover that we already have access to this treasure. We have had it all along. With this realization, we are full, we are satisfied. Rightness surpasses relationship. Sometimes it is said that righteousness is right relationship with God or with reality, but relationship implies duality. You have to have two to have a relationship. Jesus' understanding of rightness transcends relationship. It is about being one with reality, one with God, union with God. That is what he prayed for his followers to know in his final prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, according to the Gospel of John. Union with God is very different than having a relationship with God. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And he wants that oneness, that awareness of oneness for us. To hunger and thirst for righteousness is to desire this rightness more than anything else. To desire it until the desire exhausts itself and drops away and there is only God. You cannot manufacture this hunger and thirst it is pure grace the only problem is that most people do not hunger for this and that's the problem and because of that they're never satisfied they do not make this a priority in their lives for most people spirituality if it on their radar at all is simply a side gig. It's just one part, one aspect, alongside many other aspects of life, You know, alongside work and family or romance or recreation or whatever. Spirituality is simply one part of their self-image. But for Jesus, it was an all-consuming passion. He had a zeal for God that consumed him. That's the phrasing that's used by the gospel writer to describe Jesus in the story of the cleansing of the temple. Spiritual awakening requires single-minded determination. That's what the Buddha was pointing to with his eightfold path, his eight rights. To hunger and thirst for rightness is what the fourth beatitude is all about now i've used this following story before i'm going to use it again though to illustrate this point as many different forms but because i am a baptist preacher i like the baptist version a young man came to a preacher and said he wanted eternal life the preacher asked if he really wanted it And the man assured the clergyman that he really did. So the preacher said he would take him down to the river and baptize him by immersion, of course. So the preacher took that man into the river and dunked him under. But instead of immediately bringing him up again from the water, he held him under. He held him under until the man was afraid he was going to drown. The man kicked and waved his arms and, hit the preacher and did everything he could to get back up out of the water. When the preacher finally let him him go, the man came up sputtering and coughing and spitting up river water. And when he finally caught his breath, he yelled at the preacher, what are you trying to do, kill me? The preacher responded, you said you wanted eternal life. When you desire eternal life as much as you wanted a breath of air a moment ago, then you will find eternal life. When we hunger and thirst for rightness, the way a drowning man wants air, or a starving man wants food, or a thirsty man wants water, then we find what we are looking for. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format,